Good morning, Marty. Welcome back. Good morning. morning. Have you been well? No new episodes? Of the podcast? No, no, no. That's why we're here. I want to help you work through that. Right. Yeah, yeah. I've been good. I'm trying to stay uh, present one day at a time. If it's okay with you, I want to try some hypnotherapy. I still have some questions about what happened. Sure. Yeah, I, I, I trust you. All right. Just relax and I'm going to count down from ten. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Okay, Marty, we're back in your car on the night of September 19th. Take me through this night. Tell me about your lost time. I'm driving from the studio after a weekend of sessions. It's a clear evening, and I'm in for a long drive, so I have some Swim Fans episodes queued up. Swim Fans. As I'm driving, I notice a star in the sky, but it's not a star, a satellite. It isn't moving normal. It, it normal, no. Stay with me, Marty. The star, tell me more. And don't worry, you're safe here. Nothing can harm you. It's following me closer and closer. I can see red lights. It, it could be a plane, but there's no noise. Why doesn't it make noise? Focus, Marty. What happens next? passes me. I I keep driving, but something tells me to pull over. There's a dirt road. Get out, get out. I hear the voice in my head. Walk to us. A a, a, a plate. A a large plate. Glowing. There are those uh, red lights. I I can see them. Two figures walking toward me. I want to run, but I can't. Just run. Just run. These figures, are they human? Can you see them? Two men. uh, Slightly shorter as they get close. Dark hair. One has glasses on, lighter skin, screen print t-shirts. Podcasters. Podcast? Oh, oh God. They're grabbing me. Taking me to to the ship. Record. Recording. What are they saying? What do they want from you? Record. When can we record the next episode? When? Record. When can we record? They're, They're taking me. Welcome to the Heroes 3 Halloween special for 2022, and this year we are taking a look at, uh, it's kind of a short guy, it's kind of just a jumping off point for us to just talk about some spooky stuff, but our, our kind of center point for today is Korega UFO da Sorotobu Inban, which is like, what is that like? Here, it's, UFOs, it's flying like, saucers, yeah. or something like that. This is the UFO, and Sorotobu Inban yeah. means uh, flying saucer that's straight up what it means yeah yeah (laughs) um but yeah it's it's a little it's like a short uh animated film from uh from when it's like 1975 75 yeah i can talk about it a little bit yeah so this is a really interesting thing um and it's something i I encountered by accident some years ago um this is a 16 minute short produced by toei and it was produced in conjunction with a uh another short film that would become a super robot show so um this is the same production that handled a lot of gona guys work so gona guys like devil man and mazinger z and all that fun stuff that i really like and the reason that i know about this is because of that because um some years back i got like this hong kong dvd set of like mazinger z films 
So um, oh, nice. back in the 70s, yeah, when uh, when Mazinger Z was a, a TV series, Mazinger Z started off as a manga, and it was also an animated TV series. But they would do these, basically, they call them movies, or, but they're basically little specials, like kind of short films that would usually run in theaters tied to another, like, animation. So, I don't know, like Treasure Island or some old, like, kind of anime. What we have here, this was stuck in that dvd set and i had no idea what it was and i'm like what is this and i started to watch it and i'm like this is like a ufo documentary (laughs) (laughs) and that's that's what we're talking about today and i think it's probably one of the more obscure things that we've ever talked about on the podcast um for some time it was something kind of yeah yeah i know it's like Um, this this um actually i guess i didn't check i'm guessing this joins are uh episodes that don't have wikipedia articles there is uh there's a there's a listing on anime news network that gives some info there's a japanese listing and wikipedia for this that has Mm -hmm. a lot of information but it's in japanese um okay so there's nothing in the in in english yeah wikipedia yep but you can kind of it connect the dots between um what this was uh tied to so this was um uh, produced and shown uh, like ahead of this other feature called Uchu Enban Dai Senso, which is space like UFO uh, Great War, basically. And um, that was like a super robot show that like it was positioned like a prototype for what would become UFO Robo Grandizer. <laughs> And I, 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 this sounds complicated, but I'm getting to the end of it real quick. <laughs> and um, Grandizer was basically like a pseudo sequel to Mazinger Z. So you've got your hero that pilots a huge robot. But the theming of this was all about like aliens and UFOs. So in order to kind of prepare kids for this hero, they basically made this like little documentary. And I love it. It's like this weird kind of niche little... I don't know, like, it's a piece of media that I feel like people should see, even if they're not interested in anime or, or UFOs, because just like so weird to me, but I love it. It is. It's it's very bizarre. Yeah, it's... like, you need to know what our world is filled with, and that it goes beyond the limits of your imagination. Yeah, yeah, it's this, it's this weird, it's a weird time capsule, and it's also kind of a time capsule within that time capsule. Yeah. Because it's about stuff that happened in the United States in, like, the 50s, but also it's being animated in Japan in the 70s. And it's all the obviously, anime from the 70s all looks pretty wild. Like, it's it there's just a really cool, unique look to it, and it's real janky, which I love. Yeah, um, yeah. And then it's additionally, like, the... A lot of people, whenever they kind of are getting into anime, you don't notice it at first. But people in an like uh, Westerners are drawn different in anime than <laughs> the Japanese people, and you can see it so incredibly plainly in this. It's like these are white people, and this is the how <laughs> this is how they draw with like their you know like their the big blue eyes and stuff. Um, yeah. But they're not big in the same way that you're used to anime eyes being big and stuff. Right, it's right. real interesting. The other thing that I really love about it, and we'll get into it as we just talk about these, is it's basically segmented by these incidents. But between these incidents that they're discussing, there's like these fun, like speculative segments where it's like 
it what is a ufo this is what a ufo would look like and this is a cross-section of a ufo and this is what happens inside the ufo and i love that 70s anime aesthetic put to these ideas uh and um i just i i don't know it it was a a while before i really got used to older anime like this because this isn't of a higher quality this could like really sit with like a tv episode of like a magazine yeah, yeah. 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 or like a i was thinking of like lupon the third yeah or um, series i think maybe people would have seen more along the lines of like speed racer or something like that which is yeah from tatsunoko yeah. but same like kind of production values here mm-hmm. um so i yeah i once i understood like it and once i kind of got into like the super robot stuff which i really really love it's it, it's a it's a look that i really really enjoy and i gravitate towards and like sometimes in modern anime they'll kind of um i don't know like kind of send up this stuff and i really like that too yeah uh yeah we're looking to the skies now so uh, <laughs> they uh they bring you in like the opening titles are like this really ominous music and they're showing you just these images of space and images of satellites and stars. And um, I believe- yeah, I love how it's like a, it's like a documentary. Like it really is presenting itself. Like these are you know the real things, and like these are real pictures that are yeah, you know totally. it's it's real pictures with like you know big red circles around you know things that are either clearly doctored in or are just you know could be anything and it feels more like an air of importance than kind of like a tongue-in-cheek um documentary as a style or something yeah so it's really yeah i don't you have nothing to compare it to Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it was uh like i said it's produced by toy animation it's directed by a man named kazukiyo shigeno and a lot of the staff members that were involved with the production of this were also involved with devil man which is not like really sci-fi it's like more of a like a horror superhero situation and um also the composer so music here is by a man named go misawa and actually i believe that a lot of the music that they're using in here is from the devil man score so um yeah you can tell this is kind of a lower budget situation and like (laughs) you were saying there's a lot of still images too there's some kind of fun uh moments of animation and actually i think at the front end of this we're going to get into this first story has some nice animation but outside of that it's pretty pretty what you would expect to see on yeah i was it's funny at first i was thinking like oh wow they're like this is like you know most whenever i've uh, i've uh, i'll admit i'm uh, kind of an anime I'm a retro anime poser. I love the way that a lot of this stuff looks, but watching 70s anime is real tough. Yes. It's a lot. It's like, you know, if you get four frames every second, you're lucky. Like, (laughs) it's... It's a lot of a lot of still shots, a lot of things. In my day, we didn't have frames to throw around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but when I saw this first, but I was like, "Oh, cool! I guess that makes sense. If it's like a short thing, then maybe they would like throw more money at yeah. this than they looks almost they like, like GI you know. Joe or something. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the after this first, uh, after the first kind of like scene, which is like a, a, a U.S. Uh, U.S. airbase in the 40s, like seeing this uh, thing appearing in the sky and pursuing it. After that, it kind of is 
it's even even more shoestring <laughs> yeah this first right. incident is it's called the mantel ufo incident this happened in january 7th 1948 this is a real documented event that happened on january 7th 1948 mantel was part of a team ferrying p-51 fighters from georgia to his home base in kentucky near godman field fort knox Tower asked the team to investigate reports of a strange unidentified flying object. The planes were not equipped for high altitude, and all but Tommy turned back at 25,000 feet. Tommy pursued the UFO and described a large metallic object. At 33,000 feet, his plane heeled over and came down in a spin. It crashed and burned in a Kentucky field. I had I had heard about this one before. I didn't know that's what it was called, but I had heard of that story of like the the U.S. pilot like pursuing the thing and then it like moving impossibly quickly and stuff. Yeah, yeah. What happened was there were several people that noticed a an unidentified flying object in the sky, and they reported it. And this actually got to the Air Force Base uh, nearby, and uh, uh, there was a a pilot that's. In a, in a training exercise, his name is Captain Thomas Mantell, and uh, him alongside of three other P-51 Mustang pilots were told to pursue this UFO, and what ended up happening was that, uh, for various reasons, they were in the training exercise, so they weren't really equipped to um, handle like a high pursuit and a lot of them broke away, but Mantell continued his pursuit. And as the UFO kind of escaped from him, he pulled up to a higher altitude. And um, what they show in the anime differs because it's a, a lot more sensational. Well, but yeah. the the real the real documented story is that he was pulling up, and he wasn't equipped with oxygen to 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 help him reach those altitudes, and he blacked out and he crashed. But oh, here, what what you see is uh, them pursuing like a blaze of glory. Yeah. yeah, he gets close and he says something like, "I can see a person." And there's like one frame of like a little alien in a window, <laughs> and then um, he like has like this freak out, like a mental attack. And then uh, they show the the fighter jet that he's in explode. And um, this was like the first like real widespread documentation of like an accident directly tied to a ufo he died and there's like actually a marker like where he crashed of like what happened it's kind of crazy <laughs> do do we know what actually happened like i feel like that would have been decommissioned at this point well was... um no i mean based on what i read Dude, there's like to get Tom on here yeah totally <laughs> yeah the man's coming out to get us <laughs> speaking of the truth but like any kind of ufo story there are all these rumors right so mm -hmm. some of the rumors that were uh jumping around at the time were there it was a soviet missile and uh, you know this, this is like around this time right that these stories come out um there's another story that the UFO shot him down. And uh, one of the things that people said was that his body, when it was recovered, was like riddled with bullets. Um, there's no real proof of, of all of this stuff. Um, one of the stories is that his body was never found and that the wreckage that they found was radioactive. And uh, there was also these kind of explanations. We've got the weather balloon. You, you always hear about that, right? <laughs> It yeah, was, it was a yeah. uh, fog, you know, from like reflected on something or a weather balloon. Yeah. There was another story that he 
they're saying that Mantel confused Venus for a UFO because I guess sometime a little bit earlier, there was a similar situation where a pilot was confused by something and it ended up being determined that it was actually him seeing Venus uh, was mis misdirecting him. Yeah, that's that's the first and most dramatic. There's another story in here that's pretty dramatic in a different way, but um, mm -hmm. it's pretty good good way to rope those kids in to watch some yeah, alien stuff. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> the next bit that I love is that it's like at first it's saying like there's been incidents all around the world and you know all these incidents in Japan alone and stuff, and then it kind of does like a you know. Here's what it might look like <laughs> in a UFO. Yeah. And it the has cross these awesome. Yeah. I love, I love cross sections, oh, and I especially so love cross good. sections from like from era. like the from yeah. the seventies. Like there's just a look to them that I absolutely love so much, and it's yeah, it's showing like you know how these different aliens work, and we get to see the aliens a little bit, which are which are kind of fun. Oh um, man, it's the best, and yeah, yeah, with something like Astro Boy or Mazinger Z, you get these yeah. artworks where they show like all the inner workings of these robots, and it's definitely in line with what we're seeing here. I, I, mm. I mean, there's there's another story right before this, and I won't dwell on it too long, but it's about a, a private uh, pilot named Kenneth Arnold, and the reason that I wanted to bring it up is that that he he saw like these unidentified flying objects over like w Washington State. And um, it was actually widely publicized, and this was in, like, 1947. And actually, that story is the first time that flying saucer, the term flying saucer, was mm -hmm. used. And that same year, it kind of spurred all these copycats, and everybody was looking up into the sky. I guess, you know, the, one of the most well-known uh, incidents is the Roswell alien, you know, UFO crash incident. Yeah, yeah. But what people really don't talk about is that that incident happened... Uh, you know in the, the the following wave of like ufo craze that was sparked by kenneth arnold's story and um i mean when you think about that and kind of think about the context of things how people really want to see something and they want want to believe you know <laughs> Mulder's poster in x-files yeah, yeah. i want to believe oh, i think I want to believe. you know want is a kind of a big like strong word in that statement where it's like you can tell that you know, sometimes people are maybe pulling a lot more. And I mean, I, I'm i not a, a skeptic, really. I, I'm i totally, like, in. I'm more into believing things. And I mean, I'm not just going to blindly believe things. But um, you can see how some people really kind of stretch the truth or really want to make something sensational out of stuff. And right. I think the Kenneth Arnold story sparked a lot of that. Oh man, we're talking we're talking about aliens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the next and the next kind of big bit is kind of the I think kind of the thing that was the most interesting for for you Carlos, which is the Oh uh, man. Was it Betty and Barney Hill? The, yeah, the It's the, like this couple <laughs> in the early 60s that was driving and had a alien abduction experience. Yeah, this happened September 19th, 1961. There was a a couple yeah, the the Betty and Barney Hill, and we're we're seeing that here uh, animated, and it's it's great. This is actually really really well documented documented um, case of alien abduction. They were 
traveling like home from a vacation up to Niagara Falls. And as they were traveling, Betty noticed like a star in the sky and she actually was kind of worried about it. But here's where I'm talking about how people really want to believe stuff too and how the arguments on both sides can be made. Um, she, uh, her sister had seen a, a flying saucer a bit earlier and she kind of became like kind of into that and really wanted that to happen. But I mean, regardless, um, what happens here is basically they're like, cut off by a ufo this ufo lands and actually when you see it in the animation um the design of the ufo is in line with descriptions that um the the hills made so it has like these red lights on each side and a window like facing them and both of them have described this in their their statements so yeah what happened is they experienced an abduction and what initially happened was they experienced missing time. They were driving and then they had a moment where they weren't sure what happened. And then they woke up out of that moment and they continued driving home. But uh, it wasn't until later that they really kind of felt something was wrong and they kind of pursued it a little bit. Um, Betty was more into uh, like believing what it was. Barney was like more on the denial side. And that's what I think is really interesting about this story is that um, they eventually sought uh, therapy and uh, under hypnosis, they were able to uncover these memories and they were both taken separately to uh, these sessions and their stories lined up. But you can tell when you hear one and you hear the other, Betty is, I mean, she's definitely scared when she's talking, but she's mm-hmm. a lot more descriptive and a lot more, there's a lot more story going on in her story. And um yeah, the the hypnotist isn't like saying much. She's saying a lot, a lot, a lot. But when you hear Barney talking, you can see, you can hear it in his voice, and you can tell that he's. It, it sounds very genuine. I, they both sound genuine, but I'm saying like it sounds kind of weird when you hear one person telling a story that you kind of tell they want to be excited about it. And then you hear another person that's like, I don't want to talk about this. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. I try to maintain control so Betty cannot tell I am scared. God, I'm scared. It's all right. You can go right on. We experience it. It will not hurt you now. I got to get my gun. Oh, I got my gun. All right. All right. That's all. I got to get my gun. Go this way, Steve. You got to get now. You forgot it now. You forgot it. Calm now. Relax. So, um, Barney's side of it is like pretty harrowing at moments. And I was telling you guys about this before we recorded, but last night I was listening to this recording a bit and my wife, she, uh, she was working early. So she had gone to bed and I was getting really into (laughs) this guy just describing these things. And I was like, Oh my God, this is pretty crazy. What I didn't know is that my wife had gotten up and she was walking around and she got behind me and it scared the shit out of me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god it was so bad 
it was so bad. But anyways, I stopped listening and then I finished listening this morning when it was nice and sunny and bright out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I do, like I said, I, I want to believe this stuff because it sounds really interesting and I, I'm not arrogant to say that we're the only people in this universe and who knows what we, oh, yeah. you know, we don't know a lot. So who knows what could be out there? Yeah, totally. But I also am kind of a realist in the way that it's like when you... It's almost like this Frank Duke situation, right? <laughs> you, you hear somebody <laughs> talking and they're just talking and talking like yeah. like I am right now. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> um, <laughs> God, as soon as you bring up Frank, I'm like, oh, UFOs sound so much more credible than any of Frank's stories. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. But it's a really exciting um, story, whether you believe it or not, like if you mm -hmm. hear them talking about it and how they portray it here is pretty accurate. They kind of gloss over some details because this is like the, the typical like anal probing, like abduction yeah. situation. Yeah. But the, the fact of the matter is that according to their story, they were basically drove off the road and these aliens came out and they actually escorted them out of their cars took them mm. onto their ship and then separated them and then did tests betty mentions like there's a moment where they bring out a needle and stab her navel and she's screaming to them mm. that she's in pain and they she what she says is that the these men that she they just call them men they wave their hand in front of her face and then she doesn't feel any more pain and oh. um yeah, Barney says that when he's looking at the the men that he can he can feel their eyes like in his brain. And he's saying that he, their mouths aren't moving, but he knows what they're telling him. And then uh they take him and they do some tests on him and um this is all like these were all these repressed memories. And uh once once they are done with their experiment, they are put back into their vehicle and they're pushed along and the, they said when they woke up they noticed like some weird beeping noise and that was the same noise that they noticed when they started to not remember what happened so it seems like you know some device was used like a men in black like brain wipe situation crazy yeah <laughs> yeah it's really crazy stuff oh, dude <laughs> Do we have any good spooky music that we could just have underneath most of this, Matthew? Oh, yeah. we need to. Just have the um, Unsolved Mysteries. Just oh, dude, when I was a kid, that intro music killed the me. That thing's on. Yeah. That thing's on spooky. And they would show that, like, image of an alien's head. And, like, when I was a little yeah. kid, oh, man, that messed me up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so that's a that's a big part of this episode and like I said it's only 60 mm -hmm. minutes but there's yeah. if you're interested in that story it's very well documented and like I said yeah. the those their hypnosis uh sessions the recordings are online so I'll definitely add that to our episode notes. Yeah. One brief bit that I love is that it shows that it's basically is getting into like ancient aliens at this point where it's saying like aliens may have been observing us for, you know, for millennia. And it shows like these ancient, you know, drawings and stuff. And then mm. having next to it, like, this is what an alien, like a person might have drawn this because it's an alien that looks like this. It's and, my you know, favorite it, part of the episode. It's yeah. it's real fun. Seeing like a cave painting and then like, well, at the time, a modern representation, what that could actually be like, that just yeah. sparks the imagination. If I was a little kid and I saw that, yeah, I would be through would the roof. Forever. Yeah, I would yeah. be so excited to, to see that. And yeah, one of the things that they show in there is like the 
ancient Japanese like clay dolls, the dogu, which kind of yeah. looks like a wide head. It kind of looks like an alien if you're looking at it. Yeah, and, um, it yeah. There's some video game stuff that references that. So yeah, in- I was gonna say you've you'll definitely if you've, if you've played like Animal Crossing and yeah. you want to collect all of the art pieces, one of them is those. Exactly. Stuff. Yeah, in Darkstalkers, the first Darkstalkers game. Well, in the first Dark Soccer's game, the final boss is Pyron, who is an alien in classification. Because in that game, there's all these different monster types. And then um, before you fight Pyron, the second to last boss, his name is Phobos uh, Huitzel in the American version. And he's a robot, but he's basically the same design as like a Dogu. Mm. And I love that. And then uh, La Mulana, which is like my favorite game ever. <laughs> it's basically like Ancient Aliens, the game. Re- reset the clock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there we go. Um, in the second game, you get this, it's called the Clay Doll Suit. And you need to use that suit to go into an area, which is space. You basically go out to space and you wear that Clay Doll Suit. And it's basically an, like a ancient astronaut suit that looks like the dogu and it's really really cool yeah the honestly the concept of ancient aliens has always been really cool to me it's just it gets co-opted for a lot of weird stuff man yeah and a lot of it has kind of a weirdly kind of racist bent to it which is not no good (laughs) yeah Um, these are all different things that you know you could you could believe it you could not believe it i think the most fun thing is about discussing it you know and yeah, 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 one of the drawings that you see here is like uh, old Japanese drawing. It's kind of this round looking thing yeah. with a lady with a box. So Dude, that's, that's so cool. Yeah, that's really cool. And that's based on an old Japanese like account. It's called Utsurobune, which is like hollow, hollow ship. And it's basically like this old story. Oh, I had some notes. It's like in the 1800s. Yeah. So it was in 1803. And it's basically on the eastern coast of Japan, people said that this boat washed up that didn't look like anything they knew. And then out of the boat came this woman that looked like nothing that they, they say she looked like she was a foreigner and she wasn't speaking their language. And they basically took her in and uh, she was holding this box and she wouldn't let go of the box. Like when people were like, what can, what is it? Like, and she was just very protective of it. So they ended up basically giving her food and water and sending her on her own way. And people have interpreted that like it could have been a UFO encounter in like ancient Japan, which I think is really, really cool. <laughs> Dude, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's kind of and surprising th- that it hasn't been like folded into some big like action movie yeah. backstory or something. Yeah, and I think that some like stories have kind of taken ideas from it, but it hasn't been a direct adaption of things. And I think it's really ripe for picking. It was cool they they uh, mention uh, Foo Fighters, not like the yeah. band, but like the that was the name of the band comes from basically UFOs that. Uh, allied pilots reported during world war ii yeah that's really cool so so they talk about that a little bit Mm -hmm. there's another yeah uh incident that is like another military incident it happened in the 70s also oh yeah they're like in a helicopter yeah well i mean this came out in 75 right so this this account is from 1974 which would just be a year before which is kind of possible yeah and it's actually it's called the coin helicopter incident and it took place in like uh, Ohio, 
And basically, there's uh, this uh, group of military men in a helicopter doing an exercise at night. And they realize that there's a UFO like near them. And as they're trying to evade it, this UFO followed suit and was like staying at like the same pace with them. And they tried to like outmaneuver it like they tried to descend. But the UFO like kind of like has a tractor beam on them. Apparently, when we were supposed to be descending at 2000 feet a minute at 100 knots, we were climbing at 1,000 feet a minute with the control still established for a descent. And it, we went from 1,700 feet up to 3,500 feet and topped out at 3,800 feet. But I would like to stress one important fact, and that is there is approximately 20 years of Army aviation experience between the four men on board the helicopter that night. We have been trained to follow procedures and regulations in reporting incidents, regardless of how they're accepted. And we tried to follow those procedures. And we reported the incident as it occurred and have avoided any speculation on the subject. So according to the story, the, uh, the pilot, um, Coyne, Lawrence J. Coyne is his name, uh, he took over controls and he's trying to lower the helicopter, but they were ascending. So it was like, we weren't in control and they represent that here pretty well. Um, they yeah. do kind of do a fun thing where they tie it to the Mantell incident. These stories were completely unrelated, but I like that they bookend this uh, story, this episode with these where you see the pilot says, or one of the other guys says, Oh, this is just like the Mantell incident. And then he has a vision of Mantell dying in the, the, yeah. the fighter jet, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. It is kind of smart. Cause I suppose like these military observations maybe have a bit more, I don't know, more of an air of authority or something to them. Yeah. Um, right. And those were facts that in the, in the, uh, recounting of these stories well not thomas mantel because he he passed away but in this coin incident that they the that captain he says i have been in the military for 30 years i have 19 years of experience and this is what we dealt with that night and i can't explain it which is kind of cool yeah dude awesome and the thing ends with you know just kind of more like you know this there you know could the aliens be trying to be trying to get to earth or like see what how far they can get into space and it has one of my absolute favorite little <laughs> lines in this uh, which the, the is translated as there is no proof but there's no reason to deny it either <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, yeah that that feels like the that's that's the entire little short kind of summed up it's like yeah eh, come on it's fun come on yeah and i i also <laughs> like how they have they present you with these questions like what are they doing here if if they are out there, do they have like a federation of aliens yeah. that they, you know, it's like all these fun little questions that I just think about if I was watching this when I was a kid, I'd be like, my brain yeah, would like be on fire. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd be like, oh my God, I'd have to tell everybody about it. And you know, yeah, it's it, really cool. Cause I, I think, I guess going back to what we were saying about the beginning, this kind of 
serious documentary style feel. And I've got to say overall that this is, this is like a rare piece that's digging into UFO lore and it, it's not very sensational. I mean, yeah, a couple of maybe the moments of the way the animation is directed or whatever, but yeah, it does. I don't know. It doesn't feel like it's trying to sell you a bill of goods. It's like, you're free to walk away. Mm-hmm. Here's just some interesting like concepts to mull over. And I don't know. Um, yeah, I, definitely not what you get in like ancient aliens or almost yeah. any like U S produced content. Right. Um, one thing I wanted to mention we didn't talk about was when in that hill uh, abduction, they have the aliens like talk and they have this weird like distorted backwards talk or something. Did you guys notice that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so funny. It's fun. Um, yeah, so that's that's pretty much it. And like I said, they're just getting you all juiced up so you can see their next robot show about UFOs and then buy all the toys. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Gotta buy the toys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, really good stuff. But okay, as a little bonus, I wanted to do a little bit of digging. Just And this isn't a long thing. This is a really short thing. So I, I found out about a UFO incident in Wisconsin that I oh, wanted dude. to tell you guys about. Ooh, fun. So this yes, happened... That, it would only be fitting. I don't know. <laughs> sure. Um, this is 1961, so the same year of the uh, the Hill stuff. Um, April wow. 18th, 1961, in a town called Eagle River, Wisconsin. There's a guy, and this is his name. I'm not making this up. Joe Simonton. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds so fake. <laughs> oh, dude, he should be on that baseball roster of that. Um... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, from, the, from the fighting baseball. Oh, yes. Um, so he was a chicken farmer in Eagle River. And he says that on April 18th, 1961, while he was enjoying a late breakfast, he heard a commotion outside. When he went to check, he saw a flying saucer, quote, brighter than chrome, floating above his house. <laughs> <laughs> I love this bit. So the craft landed and out came three aliens who he described as, and I quote, Italian looking. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, man. Not sure how I feel about that. Yeah, but yeah. Okay. Did you care to comment? You can imagine how extra special I felt this would be being able to tell you that. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. <laughs> um, and it, it's, it gets even better. So uh, they gave him a container. And Joe said that he somehow understood that they needed water. Um, Dude, so he got a them the container, just like in the Japanese. Yeah, collection. there you go. Oh shit! <laughs> oh man, it's all coming together. So he got <laughs> them We're through the looking glass, people. <laughs> yeah, he got them the water, and then he noticed that they were cooking quote pancakes on a sort of flameless grill. And he asked them for a pancake, and they shared the pancakes with him and took off. Dope. That's his encounter. I would, if I was that guy, I would open up a pancake store, yeah. and a pancake <laughs> oh, shack, dude. and it's just to be like, this is exactly what they serve me. And oh, actually, what, this, and I this, like this, these just pancakes like, are out of this world. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No, it, it feels like there's a friendly, low, like just low key energy to this. Like he wouldn't really yeah. try to convince anyone 
you know, too viciously about this. It's like, no, mm-hmm. that's what I think I happened. So, I mean, I'm just picturing him then as the manager of this restaurant. No, I'm pretty yeah. sure it was aliens with their pancakes. <laughs> the thing that's funny is no you can probing. Find... It's, it's a good story. Yeah, you can find photos of him holding the pancake. It looks like just like a fried up something. He said that. Oh the wait, pancakes... so he, he he took pictures like while he still had the pancake. Yeah, yeah, and it was wow. like a story that he would tell to people. And actually, um, oh, so he said that the t- the pancakes tasted like cardboard. He, Dude, this guy he is so creative. Was, it's like he worked yeah. Italian and they made yep. pancakes. They tasted like cardboard. He said that he regretted telling the story. And that's something that you would encounter a lot back then. People were scared to talk about it because they would be, you know, laughed at or, you know, they're their credentials would be destroyed. So like military people and, you know, the, you know, people in small towns just like would, that would be like a scarlet letter on them. Um, even uh, Barney Hill, he, he really did he, for a while. He denied what happened. Um, uh, Betty was having, she, she had a, like a handful of dreams that were basically recounting that. And she would talk to him about it. And he's like, stop, like, stop doing that. And, it wasn't until like a year or two later where they decided to actually seek some therapy for it. And that's when all that came to light. Oh, wow. Aliens, guys. I mean, I don't know. I've already really stated how I feel. Like, sure, <laughs> why not, right? Yeah. It could be cool. Who knows what's out there? Who knows where we came from? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. What are some... Do y'all have any other like favorite like alien? I'll say specifically aliens coming to Earth films or or whatever because mm. it's funny i i kind of like talking about like positive uh alien invade or aliens coming to earth stories I always of course love uh close encounters of the third kind oh, dude yeah. yeah which is like the the ultimate aliens come to earth but they're super cool right come on guys <laughs> yeah yeah and, yeah, and there's um, just something so like i don't know the movie is it's just sort of poetic and yeah it kind of tumbles along in this beautiful way yeah it's yeah as this like 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 it's it's looking up at space as like a beautiful thing not looking up at space as like this cosmic horror which i i I love stuff that does either so yeah Yeah, me too too. richard dreyfus is like the worst dad he just is like i'm leaving see you later (laughs) yeah Salt in the mashed potatoes. Yeah, yeah. Go. dude. So my good. wife and I, we took a road trip some years ago. We made a point to that was actually like the final destination on our trip was Devil's Tower. Oh, the Devil's Tower, oh, dude, that was, awesome. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, I mean, ET actually tying this to uh, the Matrix. Um, when I was doing homework for the Matrix episode, uh, there's a bit where there's an interview with Yong Wu Ping, and Yong Wu Ping says like ET oh, is like, like his yeah, how much he favorite likes yeah. movie. Oh, that's yeah, fun. and he says yeah. like he says something along the lines it's like it it reminds it's made me of like a Hong, Hong Kong, Kong film. Yeah, yeah, film. <laughs> I was like, whoa, that's awesome. Yeah, it's so cool. You, you kind of know what he means, though. It's like I mean, mm-hmm. I mean Spielberg in general. Just I feel like they would be kind of kindred spirits. They seem like. Like they're both very instinctive, but instinctive around like where best to put a camera, which is such an like a rare gift. Oh yeah, um, beautifully put. And uh and ET especially is like intentionally, you know, shot at this lower level to be kind of like a child's eye line, um, most of the film. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Ah, that's such a yeah, such a cool story. Uh, as far as some of the other like spooky stuff, like I have a soft spot for some of the old 
like 50s horror stuff with like older stuff like um the day the earth stood still of course uh in war of the worlds and everything but uh I, like i love the blob and like the original invasion oh, of the Body so good. snatchers and stuff mm-hmm. where it's like it's a little less um defined but just tons of <laughs> fear and panic and yeah then, and I- yeah the first remake of invasion of the body snatchers with donald sutherland is Oh, oh man, that's so great! Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. And I mean, okay, Asian cinema, right? Honestly, I mean, when it comes to like anime and stuff, there's a lot of that. And uh, Japanese live action really like took a lot of ideas from that, like um, Message from Space and all of these like uh, Warning from Space. And uh, there's a lot of really cool stuff that I mean, eventually, I would love to talk about on the podcast. Um, out of Hong Kong, though, like, oh, well, a Forbidden City Cop. <laughs> oh, yeah, I keep yeah, thinking actually, yeah. about the flying <laughs> fairy with the cleaver. from beyond oh, the sky. Oh, well, and also, that's, a, that's one of those, the whole living in your gif that lives in your mind, friend free. Yeah. It's it's just, the it's heads just them, up him, with the, the heads blade, bobbing up yeah. and down while he's holding the cleaver and keeps almost cutting the guy. Yeah, oh, dude, oh, so great. So good. And eventually, I know we'll at some point do probably another Stephen Chow arc and um, his film after Kung Fu Hustle, CJ seven is yeah. actually about like his own kind of almost ET esque um, yep. feature. That's yeah. I, I, I have a real soft spot for that movie. Yeah. There's some fun uh, Stephen Chow riffing on his own films in that too, which is yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> uh, yeah. There, I mean, this could be a really long episode, but um, I, yeah. I mean, Sci-fi is something that I also have loved all of my life. I think we were talking about it on Discord, but I'm pretty sure the first VHS tape I watched was RoboCop. <laughs> mm. <laughs> right? And um I mean, but all of that stuff, Alien, Aliens, I love both of those mm-hmm. films in different ways and uh yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, and it's cool I suppose like getting into the Halloween spirit. Um I feel like a a crucial flavor is this like this blend of like fear and love, you know, where it's like, um, Oh, I want to run away from that, but I'm also so fascinated. And I feel like as the years go on, pop culture kind of, I don't know. It's like, we find a way to make these scary things even like cuter and like more huggable. And (laughs) yeah. um, Yeah. And I don't know. Part of me thinks that's a good thing. Um, because it's funny, just reflecting on these aliens stuff, it's like, the, yeah, it seems like there's just as many kind of terrifying, you know, flicks as there are really like cuddly, family friendly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mac and Me is probably the best of all. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> it's, it's funny you're saying about uh, making spooky things cuddly. I was trying to think, like, what are like, you know, cu- like cuddlified uh like spooky aliens because like obviously there's you know you know i have lots of little decorations right now in my house that are like skeletons and ghosts and stuff but um but i I realized uh it's it's cthulhu and lovecraft stuff because all that is like it's cosmic horrors but it is like ancient aliens and i feel like you'll you could buy a cthulhu plushie right now if you wanted to yeah dude i'm Um, sure you're right yeah which is which is just kind of funny well, I definitely feel like if I ever saw a UFO or an alien and it was getting to be a harrowing situation, I would feel that way. I'm very curious, but I'm also terrified. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah, exactly. <laughs>
But yeah, that's uh, that's just a fun little little take of this look at this kind of weird thing. Can we? Is it on like YouTube or anything like that? Or so it was for a time. Um, okay. Right now, it isn't. I was really toying with the idea of uploading it to something <laughs> just so, so people who could pulled see it, it off. I wonder. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. This is the um, only podcast the that, like, yeah, has the guts to, <laughs> yeah, hard tell, hitting. Tell the really measured take oh, that no. doesn't commit. <laughs> the men in black yeah. are gonna come for us. Yeah, exactly. Not the not the fun '90s men in black. No. The spooky. <laughs> yeah. The shadow dudes. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I mean, if you wanted to look it up, you'd be able you'd be able to find it if you really wanted to watch it. If yeah. you know what I mean. It's probably and it's probably like in the depths of like Venmo or something. Not Venmo, uh, Vimeo. V- Vimeo. Sorry, that's what Venmo. I was. That's you what could I was Venmo thinking. me, and I could send it yeah. over to you. Yeah, we one, just need but. to subliminally <laughs> mention Venmo, like every. <laughs> but, you know, like on uh, the depths of Daily Motion or or Vimeo or something. Like oh that. yeah, totally. It did have a couple of localized titles. What was the one? The Great Saucers, or I I wrote it down. Oh, dude, oh, the Great Saucers. Could that- <laughs> It was a, a t- there's a localized title of Get That Flying Saucer, which I think is really funny. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's funny. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, this is a fun, uh, fun little Halloween version. Happy Halloween to all of our our Happy listeners Halloween. out there. And thanks to Carlos for for writing and acting in our uh, the little sketch at the beginning. Oh. <laughs> um, and thanks to Alex for voicing the psychiatrist. What, what are you guys talking about? Break. <laughs> uh, nothing. Okay. Um, well, thank you for checking out our show here. Uh, before I get into plugs, though, if you have a question for us, please send it in to heroes, the number three podcast at gmail.com because for our uh, 100th episode spectacular, which is wild, um, <laughs> we are going to be doing a, a Q&A. So I think that'd be super fun. So, yeah, again, send that in to heroes, the number three podcast at gmail.com um, or honestly, you tweet at us too at yeah. here's three podcast. Um, yeah. on Instagram and uh, Twitter and Facebook, if you want as well. Um, but yeah, this is this is kind of a special episode. Um, this will probably go up before the Matrix, so next week is still going to be the Matrix. So, um, until then, uh, I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos, and we are the Heroes Three. Remember your training. Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network.